And usually the only violence that touched their lives was what the residents saw on television. Travis's home was an upscale tract house, similar in style to the others in the subdivision, tan with brown trim and a Spanish-style roof. When I arrived, I walked up to the officer guarding the front door and let him know that I was ready for my walkthrough whenever the lead investigator, a detective named Esteban Flores, was ready for me. I hadn't worked with Detective Flores before, but I knew that he was reputed to be methodical and thorough in his investigations. A half hour later, I was allowed inside the home, and after I covered my shoes with protective booties, Detective Flores, a stocky former Marine in his late thirties with close-cut black hair, met me just inside the front door. As my eyes adjusted from the sunlight outside, I began to focus on each detail in the home as it was presented to me. The main reason for having prosecutors in the Homicide Bureau on call was that doing a walkthrough of the location where the murder occurred gave us first-hand knowledge of the scene and victim. While we never assisted the police in their investigation, I always tried to use the walkthrough to my advantage to get a head start on understanding the homicide I would be handling. Glancing around the home's first floor, I was struck by how orderly everything was, giving no indication that there had been trouble here. It was immaculate, and nothing seemed to be out of place. I'd been to many murder scenes, and in the majority of them, the furniture and household items inside the homes are strewn about or knocked down. Here, the only out-of-place item was a steam vacuum cleaner, which had been left standing in the middle of the living room floor. As always in a scene like this, I had my hands deep in my pants pockets to make sure I didn't touch or disturb anything, a habit I had developed years earlier. Standing beside me, Detective Flores gave me the little information about Travis the police had been able to confirm at this early stage of the investigation. Travis sold memberships through direct sales and network marketing as an independent contractor for prepaid legal services, a business that provided access to legal services for its members who paid a fee to join. His friends said he was Mormon and faithfully attended services at the local church. Detective Flores motioned me to follow him up the stairs. At the foot of the staircase was a doggy gate that had been pushed aside by the same friends who had discovered the body. The victim's dog, Napoleon, a black pug, had already been removed from the house and was with one of Travis's friends. We speculated about whether the dog had been there for some time without food or water, but noticed that at least there was a sliding pet door that allowed him to go in and out of the house. At the top of the stair landing on the right, there was a makeshift home theater with beanbag chairs, a big screen TV and DVD player, a projector, and movie posters on the walls, including ones of Humphrey Bogart, Al Pacino, The Rat Pack, and Marilyn Monroe. Nothing there was disturbed, although there was a camera case lying next to one of the beanbag chairs. The camera itself was missing. To the left were double doors that opened into the master bedroom. The first thing I noticed when I walked in was that the room felt cool. The air conditioner had been set to the mid-seventies, making the room seem chilly compared to the heat outside. The king-size bed in the center of the room had been stripped bare. 
There were no sheets or comforter, and a white mattress cover was balled up in the middle of the bed. Light streamed in through two windows on either side of the bed. On the nightstand was a book, One Thousand Places to See Before You Die by Patricia Schultz. Two pillows missing their pillowcases were on the floor near a pair of flip-flops. Carpet remnants had been cut and glued to the upper sole of the flip-flops in an apparent effort to make them more comfortable to wear. Taking my first steps into the room, I immediately noticed a large amount of blood on the carpet bordering the hallway leading to the bathroom. The blood was brown and crusted in an ovoid stain, with a concentration of bloody footprints around it, reminiscent of the hoofprints left at a riverbank after a wildebeest migration. These footprints started and ended around the stain, indicating that the person had been careful to avoid tracking the blood anywhere else in the bedroom. I didn't walk down the hallway that led into the bathroom.